You're listening to a leadership message from Pastor Jurgen Matesius here at Awaken Church. To find out more about us, go to awakenchurch.com. I want to um, I want to speak just briefly this morning. The title of my message is "What Is God Saying?" And uh, the, the reason I want to want to jump on that of all things is because uh, life moves at a pace, church moves at a pace. Even your, your Bible has, uh, when you look through the Psalms, there's 150 Psalms. And your, your Bible quite often has, hey, hey, just, just put on the brakes here. Stop and look out the window. Stop, out, stop, pedal the brakes, stop, look out the window, look around, breathe in the air, smell the roses. And it's the word Selah. Selah means to pause and reflect. And I, I think that uh, one of the things that, that we don't have built in strongly enough into our American culture is the sila. American culture is, is very much of the pursuit of happiness. It's the pursuit of happiness. It's a, when I first moved here, they said um, the way to define America is it has a business culture as a business coach, and it really does, because you can have your own business and you can own your own land and you can be lord over a territory. And you, we, we left a king so that you could be your own king over your own territory and have dominion. And, and it's unlike any other nation. Property rights is the number one determiner of wealth or enslavement into poverty. That's why the World Economic Forum says by 2030, you'll own nothing and you'll be, be happy, really. Well, who will own everything? Oh, you guys will. Oh, okay. And what if I, what if you and I disagree? Will I still get to live in? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so guess what? You ain't owning Jack. You ain't taking anything. We're going to continue to buy property. We're going to continue to take land. We're going to continue to take territory because whoever, listen, whoever owns the land writes the rules. Whoever owns the land writes the rules. Don't be deceived that there's a lot of dim-witted people who think, oh, absolutely, we just need the government to take care of us. You know, the rich are evil because they own things. And these people are going to, they're going to benevolently give it to us. They're not evil. Humans aren't evil. What part of human history have, have governments ever gone rogue? I mean, forget Adolf Hitler, forget Mao Zedong, forget Joseph Stalin, forget Karl Marx, forget... Come on, how many people know we're here to wake people up? We're here to wake people up. Amen. So when we, when we were coming into Rise of the Prophets, I, I, you know, I knew, and, and can I just say thank you to, to Megan and to Tanya and Robert and the media team and Paul and Reuben and just Rick Young. Thank you. Just the, the amazing team that we have that works so hard to pull off the most extraordinary. And then can, how can we give some honor today to, to Mikey Yeager? Mike, whose middle name is, look at me, I'm awesome, Jaeger. <laughs> how he stays humble, I don't know. But come on, how fantastic. Number one album. Number one album is Lionheart. And the songs, I've just been playing them over and over and over. The more I listen, the more I'm loving them. I love them when they first came out. Now I'm just obsessed with them. But there's they're songs that, are, that carry prophetic breakthrough. You know, what you sing about, you bring about. So it's so important that, we've, that we got some songs 
that what you sing about, you bring about. And you want to sing the victory. You want to sing the breakthrough. You want to sing that everything that I've sown is a harvest waiting. You want to sing that, that everything God has promised, I will receive. Amen. Well, come with me. What, what is God saying? So we put on, we put on the, the conference and I knew, I knew that, uh, I knew that we weren't going to get, thank God, 4,000 people, 3,000 people, because we couldn't have fit them in. So I wasn't, I wasn't that, but there was a little bit of stress. Oh my gosh, we've still got some tickets left and everything. And you know, why are you doing two night meetings? And, but the, the second night meeting worked so well because we had no childcare in the second service. So I saw all the most beautiful people who were serving their butts off all day in kids' church were able to come in and just drink, come in and just receive in the 8.30. You know, you, you couldn't have written a better script. Um, and so, and it was, you know, two-thirds full anyway on the, at the 8.30. But for, for us, it was so important, the, the rise of the prophets, and we kept getting people, and I, I just said, ah, I'm not going to talk anybody into coming. I'm just going to let it be what it is, because I know that the aftermath, people will realize, oh, I thought that the prophetic was all about, you know, uh, a, a proclamation or, you know, future casting. That's what the prophetic is. But it's actually, it's actually more than that. It's, 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 it, was, it became a ministry conference. I, I honestly don't think that any of us understand the PTSD that we're still carrying from 2020. We, we, we've, got to, we've got to find places of healing. We've got to find places of healing. And so for me, the, the Awakened Conference was a place where the Holy Spirit could minister again, where he could move again, where he could speak again, where we could find healing, we could find solace. Proverbs 18 verse 10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. Uh, you know, David strengthened himself in the Lord and then God gave him victory over taking everything back that the enemy stole. We we've got to teach people that you run to God, not from God in a crisis. 2020 had the highest amount of uh, overdoses, highest amount of overdoses ever in America because people didn't know that the name of the Lord was a strong tower. So they ran to drugs, they ran to alcohol, they ran to all kinds of vices, trying to, trying to self-medicate only to find that those things don't, don't have a, a lasting impact. So we have to teach people how to come to Christ. And that's why it was such an important conference for us to run. And I know that next year when we're going to expand, it, it's, it'll probably double next year because people are like, oh my gosh. And so next year, you know, I really felt strong. What's, what's 2022? And the Holy Spirit, Spirit said, revive, revive. When somebody's, you know, brought in by the lifeguards and, you know, oh my gosh, you know, they've stopped. We, we revive them on the beach. And I just felt that so important. We, we want you to come and just drink. We want you to come and breathe again. We want you to come and be filled again. Somebody say amen. All right. So I'm going to just pick three things out of the many things that God said in the last 13 minutes to... Uh, to, to just to say, what, 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 what did God say? What, what, what is God saying to our church? Well, the first one in Psalm 78, verse 1. Psalm 78, verses 1 to 4, um, says this. It says, Give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. What is God saying? Well, give ear. Listen. 
my people to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth, and I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from of old, things that we have heard and known that our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from our children, but tell to the coming generations the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done and the wonders that he has done. The first thing, the first word that came out that was that absolutely resonated with me was that we have a responsibility to not only develop, but pass down to the emerging generation, a miracle mentality, a miracle mentality. Pastor Mike Maiden spoke about the, there was something about awakened church Now, let me just also say this, that in Matthew 22, verse 14, it says, many are called, few are chosen. Many are called, few are chosen. I I honestly don't believe that, you know, uh, that awakened church was, you know, God was like, you know, giving the finger to all the other churches saying, you know, this one. I honestly believe that God is an equal opportunity God. I honestly believe that many are called, many are called, but few are chosen. And a lot of people think, well, you know, many are called, but God, you know, kind of just randomly selects, chooses this one. Many are called, few are chosen. How do you how do you move from called to chosen? It's very simple. The people who respond to the call are the ones who get chosen. The people who respond to the call are the people who get chosen. You, you'll find that well, how come how come there how come there? Well, because they 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 responded to the call and did the internship program. Well, how come they are? Well, they did, they did a second year. They, they pay. Many are called, few are, The people who respond to the call find themselves chosen. How come Pastor John Heinrichs gets to get up there and speak? I thought he was a baseball player turned, you know, turned real estate mogul. How come? Well, because he, he was called and he responded to the call, left everything, became our events coordinator. I still remember his first day, him trying to walk in high heels. And then we had to say, no, you know, it's also, it's also a boy's job. Boys can do it too. That's not true. He did ask. He was so kind. He said, yes. And then he said, oh, but isn't like the events person like a girl? I'm like, oh, kind of. But, you know, I just wanted to get him on staff somehow. You could see the call of God. But he's like, hey, I'll do anything. I'll scrub toilets. I'll do anything. Well, how come Becky Lynn Heinrichs gets to lead our largest campus? I'll tell you why. Because when we were at Carmel Valley Middle School, when you go to a middle school for church and you need to go to the restroom, dear God, you know, you, you better have nose plugs and just try and get in and out as quick as you can because, you know, I'm not sure what it is about teenagers and peeing. It's like they'll pee anywhere except in where it's meant to go. And, uh, but Becky Lynn Heinrichs would get there bright and early every Sunday morning. And if you know beautiful Becky, she's not a morning person. But she, I'm telling you, but she, she made herself a morning person on Sundays. I remember walking in going, what the heck? Just I thought I was in like some spa. There was like running water and incense and candles and, and, and the sink. Somebody filled the sink with, sink with these beautiful stones. And, and there was water and ambience and a mirror and a rug. I'm like, who did this, Becky Lynn Heinrichs? If somebody can do that with, with a dirty bathroom, imagine what they can do with a human soul. So I'm like, oh, dear God. So, so many are called, many are called, few are chosen. Who's the ones who get chosen? The people who respond to the call. When people respond to the call. And so I honestly believe that the call of God went out. The call of God went out. Who will rise up? Who will stand up against this tyranny? Who, who will refuse to put up with 
Governor Mussolini, who will draw a line in the sand and say enough, who will say, no, we are opening our church and you're not stopping us because there are people in depression, there are people in anxiety, there are people in fear, there are people in hopelessness, there are people whose businesses are shuttered, there are people who are reaching back for things that God delivered them from and the church needs to be open. I honestly believe that the call went out to to everybody, but the call went out, many are called, but few are chosen because few people respond. So honestly, I just believe that God is blessing Awakened Church because we made the decision that we're going to respond to the call. Come on, let's believe God. Let's believe God that in Salt Lake City and here in San Diego, that God will never have to sigh, that he'll never have to look for another church, that we will always say, God, no matter what the cost, no matter what the price, here is a church that will do whatever, whatever you ask. Amen? Amen. My, my, my favorite scene out of all the Star Wars movies favorite scene out of all the star wars is in empire strikes back where where uh darth vader the the emperor comes on and darth vader takes a knee before the emperor what is thy bidding my master man the last time i watched that it freaking rocked me he's Darth Vader, I mean, he can move things and, you know, your, your commitment to that ancient religion hasn't given you the clairvoyance to find the plans, neither has... <laughs> Vader, let him go. I find your lack of faith disturbing. I mean, he's got power. And here he is taking a knee, saying, what is thy bidding, my master? If we had more Christians who got up first thing in the morning, took a knee and said... What is thy bidding? I mean, the world would be different. The world would be different. We need a few more Darth Vaders. But anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. Getting sidetracked. Completely sidetracked. And I've got seven minutes left. Oh, dear Jesus. Completely sidetracked. Seven minutes. So, so many are called, few are chosen. That's what I'm saying. So, so we, want, we want to pass down to, to the next generation a miracle mentality. We don't want to pass down a poverty mentality. We don't want to pass down a lack mentality. We don't want to pass, well, you know, I'm just trying, you know, listen, you know, we've got to just face reality. I don't want a reality mentality. We are not here to face reality. We are here to create a brand new reality. That's what we do. Lazarus was dead, D-E-D, dead. Jesus roll away the stone. And Martha's like, dude, reality. If I roll away the stone, the stench of a decompose. And Jesus said, Martha, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? What's he saying? Darling, you and I are not here to bow our knee to reality. You and I are here to create a brand new reality. Why the weeping? Why the commotion? She's not dead, but asleep. And they mocked him. They laughed him to scorn. But Jesus walked in and said, Talitha my little girl, I say to you, arise. And she came up and he walked out with her and said, give us something to eat. And everybody, we are here to create a brand new reality. We create new realities. And the only way we can create new realities is what Psalm 78 says, that we have to, from one generation, shall proclaim your mighty deeds to another. It is so important that our children's church is not a babysitting club. And can we just uh, honor Shauna Johnson? I mean, it was unbelievable. What happened with our kids' church was unbelievable. Shauna, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Christian and the great team. The themes, the ministry, the prophesying, the, it was just incredible. Thank you, Miss Shauna. Absolutely incredible. 
And what, what we're developing, believe it or not, is a deadly weapon because we have children with a miracle mentality. Miracle mentality. It wasn't until Mike Maiden spoke those words that I got the, 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 the resonate. Remember, remember in the story where um, the angel appears to Gideon while he's threshing wheat in a wine press in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel says to him, Gideon, you mighty man of valor, the Lord is with you. And Gideon just flipping, just unloads on the angel. He's like, the Lord is with us. Yeah. Then where are all these miracles which our fathers told us about saying, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us. I know it. And it's just like, I'm like, whoa, right there. If I was the angel, I was <laughs> sorry. Sorry, little negative Nancy. I thought I had a man of faith. I'll find somebody else. That's what I would have thought. But the angel responds and says, go in this might of yours. And for years, because, you know, I'm with Dr. Matt, like, oh, dude, you're so negative. Put you in a dark room, you develop. Like, I was, you know, I was like so, I was so, you know, anti anything negative. And if you read Gideon, it's like negative. But the angel doesn't see the negative. He says, go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of Midian. Have I not sent you? And you're like, have it. And then when Pastor Mike Maiden was speaking, I realized Gideon had a miracle mentality. Gideon had a miracle mentality. And the frustration was that his reality wasn't seeing his miracle mentality. So he says, where are all these miracles? He goes, I've heard of miracles. The God that I serve is a God. Where are all the miracles which our father and the and Gideon and the angel said to Gideon, go in this might of yours, because I can't change the world through somebody that doesn't believe in miracles. I cannot change the world through somebody that has a poverty mentality, a reality mentality, a government will take care of us mentality, a life's not fair, and then you die mentality. I need somebody with a miracle mentality. The greatest thing we can pass down is a miracle mentality. When Elijah went up to heaven and his mantle fell to the earth, Elisha rolls up the mantle, walks over to the, to the Jordan River, and the Bible says, and he smote the river, and he cried out, where is the God of Elijah? He had done no miracles up until this point, but, but he had a miracle mentality because he was under miracles. And so he strikes the water saying, where is the God of Elijah? In other words, will, will, will the miracles die out with this guy? You know, there's a teaching in the church called uh, cessation theology that believes that all the miracles died out in the first century. That God just, he had just enough power to jumpstart the church. And then after that kind of, he's pooped. But I'm telling you today that the, the God has not ceased doing his miracles. The God has not ceased. There is no cessation theology. God's power is still alive today. God's power is still flowing today. God's still doing miracles today. We, we don't just believe in miracles, but we depend on miracles. Can somebody say amen? So we have to pass down a miracle mentality, a miracle mentality. Number two, with two minutes left. Number two. Number two is the necessity of an adversary. The necessity of an adversary, even though this one didn't come at, at the, the conference, Pastor Mike, it, it did come at the Emerge Night, which was just coming into conference. And uh, we, we'd gone through a, a really, really busy season. And, uh, and I could tell it was just taking its toll on my beautiful bride. And so she's like, 
uh, you're coming back and you're out Monday night, you're out Tuesday night, you're out Wednesday night, you're out Thursday night, you're out Friday night in this coming week. And so I canceled Monday, canceled Tuesday, and Tuesday was Emerge. And so I said, well, you know, why don't we just get the leaders up and, you know, get them to do like a, maybe a three by 10 or something like that, testimonies or whatever. And they came back saying, no, why don't we get um, Tracy Armstrong to come down from Seattle? I had no idea that, that Tracy, who used to, to minister here in San Diego, had no idea that while he was here in San Diego, he, had, he, he got a 501c3 called Lionheart. And that he would, under the, the label Lionheart, go and minister to people. I had no idea. Had no idea that he actually sent some of his team to scout out the, the Ashley Furniture building on the 78. And they came back saying, it's too big. They came back saying, it's, there's too many, it's too much red tape. It's too big a battle with the city. And he walked away from it. And then on that night, he said he's standing in a building that his guys, and he said himself, I'm not quoting out of turn if you, if you listen to the message, said he didn't have the faith for, but he knew that God would, would give it to someone that had the faith for it. And he preached a message called Lionheart. And there's a story of a guy called Benaiah in the Bible who fights two lion-like heroes from Moab and defeats them. And then he, he go, slips into a pit on a snowy day only to find a, a lion is in that pit. Only one is going to get out alive. And Benaiah kills the lion in a pit on a snowy day. And he says, who is it that kills lions? A lion heart. A lion heart kills a lion. And then he told the story of a spectacular man a man who was nine feet tall, an Egyptian. And the Bible says that, that there was no sword or, or weapon. There was just a club, a staff in the hand of Benaiah. But he wrested the spear out of the Egyptian's hand and killed him with his own spear. And the, 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 the theme of that is that your, your authority in your next level is determined by the current adversary you're wrestling with that what you take into the battle is from your last victory. But what you come out of the battle with is what's in the, the, the enemy's hands right now. John Heinrichs moves in healing. John Heinrichs has a, has a wonderful ministry anointing. Why? Because he had to fight a spirit of infirmity that was asking his beautiful bride, sweetheart, do you, does your husband have life insurance? His organs are shutting down and we don't know. He may not make it. There's a good chance he may not make it. But the power of God was released on John. And so he went into that battle with whatever he went into from his last victory. But he arose from that battle with the, with the spear of a spirit of infirmity. And now he uses that thing to, to, to kill the enemy. Whatever you're facing, you need to understand whatever adversary you are facing, it's not that God is asleep at the wheel. It's not that God can't control it. It's not that God, God is allowing you right now to face adversity because what is in the hand of your enemy is the weaponry for your next level, is, for, is the weaponry for your next dimension. When, when, we, when we were in, when we were in uh, Australia, we didn't know we were going to come to San Diego, and I had three little boys, and we had this tiny, pokey little backyard, and the city went backwards and forwards, and then finally they came back saying, you can't put a pool in your backyard. You don't have enough room in your backyard. It's Australia, it's crazy. So I'm like, that's it, done. I'm going to buy an acre 
with ocean views. And everybody told me, you're a fool. There's no acreage on the, north, on the entire northern beaches peninsula. Like it's, everything's landlocked. And they told me it couldn't be done. Well, at 288 Powder Works Road, we bought an acre of land with ocean views. And I was going to build this like beautiful, you know, home with a stunning swimming pool and a tennis court. That was, that was the dream. And, uh, and then no sooner had we closed escrow that the word of the Lord came, sell everything, leave everything, and go to San Diego. And I'm like, God, your freaking timing could not be worse. Like, I, I, know, I know I'm going to preach a message in the future time, Lord, that you know the end of a thing from the beginning. But if I was honest with you, like just between you and me, your timing is lousy. And then I realized he lives outside of time. So, of course, he has no concept of time. His timing's dreadful half the time. And so I'm like, you know, I had no idea that, that God was just like, I, 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 need you to, I need you to overcome what everyone else is living under. They're living under this spectacular giant that says you can't get acreage, especially with ocean views. Do you know how difficult? And, and I needed you to wrestle that spear. Once you defeated that and got the spear, you think you bought land to build a home. You thought you got land so your boys could run around and play soccer in the backyard. No, no, no. What I needed you, I, I have an assignment for you in San Diego. So I put an adversary in front of you for you to go into the pit with what you did have, the club, but you wrested the spear off him. You killed him with your own spear. Now I can send you with that spear to San Diego because you're going to go to a city that when you land, when you land, you're going to go to a pastor's meeting where all the pastors are going to get together for a prayer meeting. I only went once. I only went once. I'm telling you. I mean, if, if I went again and I, you know, and maybe it's, you know, Leanne reckons I'm, not as gracious as I should be. But if I, if I went a second time, I'd honestly, I'd sell Prozac. I'd make so much money. It was the most depressed. It was, it was two and a half hours of, oh, dear God, San Diego was screwed. No, I'm serious. Like, pastors crying. And the people in our community are yelling at our church. I'm like, I'm wanting to vomit. I'm like, well, just believe God. What the hell's wrong with you? Like, he's on the throne. Like, it was just, it was unbelievable. So I thought, I can't, I can't go back here. And they're like, hey, did you, what did you think of it? I said, oh, mate, I wanted to slash my wrist. And they never called me again. They never called me again. Anyway, I don't know what, anyway, so, so, but they were all telling me. They were all telling me. I know I'm over time. They were all telling me. You know, oh, you know, just send, oh, it's the fifth most expensive real estate in America. There's no zoning for churches. Just get used to renting. Just find places to rent. I'm like, uh-uh, no, cancel, uh-uh, no, no. You know, my God, and, uh, and, but because I had a spear. I had a spear from an adversary. Whatever you're facing right now, whatever you're fa- God is allowing you to face whatever you are facing right now. The weaponry for your next level of influence, the weaponry for your next anointing, the weaponry for your next success, the promotion is always to him who overcomes, I will give. To him who overcomes, I will give. Seven letters to seven churches begins with to him who has an ear to hear, ends with to him who overcomes. To him who overcomes. What is God saying? He's saying the necessity of an adversary. And the last one really quickly I know uh, is, is... the prophetic is always a confirmation. The prophetic is a confirmation. The prophetic will always affirm an amen. It's not, it's not fortune telling. A lot of people think, oh, well, you know, 
uh, oh, rise of the prophets. Oh, they're going to come and just fortune tell the future. You, you would have found at rise of the prophets, it was just, it was confirming. Every time I've had a prophetic word, it, it was a confirmation that something that was either whispered on a conscious or on a subconscious level on the inside of me. That, 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 that God, will, God will speak to you about things, you know. And Mike, Mike Maiden, it was so interesting, said that he had a vision during the worship that ruined his message. And I could see him. I could see him on his knees and he was rocking backwards and forwards. I knew something was going on. It says in this vision, he saw this giant octopus with tentacles over the city of San Diego. It was an octopus, but it had the head of a dragon. He says, and he counted the tentacles, and he says the tentacles were, were casting shadows, and those shadows were putting people into a dull. They were putting people into a sleep, and the people were just in lethargy and apathy, and they were just into a sleep. He says, but there were five, five of the tentacles that were cut off, and there was light now coming, and those people were awakened. Those people were alive and they were awakened. He said, then I saw a sixth one half cut off. He goes, I don't know if you're fighting for a building right now. I'm like, yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. And, uh, and so he says, and then when I counted all the tentacles, there were 16 tentacles. And then I remembered God has given you a, a vision and a mandate for San Diego, 16 campuses in San Diego, because that's, that's the assignment to take down this principality that nobody else has overcome. Now, when I, when I heard that, it wasn't something new, even though it was something new, that there, was a, there, there was an amen, there was a, there, there was a, a, a resu resolute, there was an affirmation. So it's so important because can I tell you, God is speaking to you all the time. But we are so busy that too often we, we don't have time to hear, we don't have time to listen. That's what Jesus had to say, you know, to those who have ears to hear, let him hear. Because we're so busy, I've got to get to work. Oh my gosh, I've got to get this. Oh crap, I forgot to pay that bill. I gotta put gas in my car. There's so we are so busy that quite often we don't stop. That's why journaling is such an important thing. If you talk to to beautiful Pastor Morgan, you will find that that journaling is one of the ways that he keeps his his marketplace prophetic, but also his ministry prophetic, because he's he's continually journaling. Journaling is a really good thing because God is speaking to you all the time, 24/7-365. But when you go to a conference like this, you will hear something. And it's almost like something goes off in your spirit. It's almost like there's an amen, there's an explosion. That's so important because in the mouth of two or three, every word is established. I won't step out when it's just one thought, but when I hear an amen, then I know. Then I know, then I know. Come on, stand to your feet. I'm way over time. Stand to your feet. Lift your hands high to heaven. The prophetic is an affirmation. It's a confirmation. It is an amen. Father, I thank you for these beautiful people. Thank you for Josh, who came all the way from Australia to be here. Such a faithful, faithful man. Thank you for the doors that you've opened. Thank you for the blessings. And I just, I just hear the, the word of the Lord to you, Josh, that there's a, there's a, a, a seven-year process. But at the end of the seven years, there's going to be a restoration. That which was lost, seven years, there's a process. And in that process, there's some healing and some deliverance and some strengthening and, and replacing and rebuilding and repair and all that kind of stuff. But I just see this, there's going to be a, at the end of seven, there's going to be restoration in those areas. Father, we thank you for these beautiful people. I thank you for these mighty men, mighty women. And may I just, with your hands lifted, may I just, as your pastor, as your shepherd, say I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. The warfare 
that you have walked through, the battles that you fought and you're still standing. John and Becky, the battles that they have fought even of late and they're still standing. Well done, good and faithful servant. Well done, good and faithful servant. Well done, good and faithful servant. The warfare and the battles. But know this, that whatever warfare you're facing, David faced Goliath and years later when he's on the run from Saul, goes into the house of Abiathar the priest and he says, is there any weaponry here? He says, there's no weapons in the temple except the sword of Goliath. And David said, give it to me for there's none like it. That he took the sword of, because it belonged to him. It was his. He defeated Goliath. He cut his head off with his own sword. And I just see over you guys, there's another level, John and Becky, there's another level of anointing because you faced one of the most, most uh, difficult things with, with family and harshness. And because of that, families will be blessed. Families will be ministered. Your family. And, and I see a sword over your family that is blessing. That, that you've literally not just a curse breaking, but you've literally set in motion generations, what your kids and what your kids' kids will do. And it'll come back to, in the history books, there was a couple who stepped out of probation, who stepped out of commercial real estate, who stepped into, they, they said yes to the call of God. And because of that, all of these dominoes began to fall. Something was released over our lineage. Father, we thank you for them. Thank you for these beautiful people today. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on with your Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.